0: Hello and welcome to the IT Governance podcast for Friday the 18th of May 2018. Here are this week's stories. New Scientist magazine reports that data relating to millions of Facebook users who used a personality quiz app was exposed online for four years. The My Personality app was created by David Stilwell of Cambridge's Psychometric Centre in 2007 and was active until 2012, during which time it collected data from more than 6 million volunteers. Around 40% of them opted to share data from their Facebook profile with the project. According to the Psychometric Center's website, the data was anonymized and samples of it were shared with registered academic collaborators around the world. New scientists found that more than 280 people from nearly 150 institutions did this, including researchers at universities and at companies like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo. However, a username and password for the dataset were uploaded to GitHub by some students who were given the credentials by a university lecturer for a course project on creating a tool for processing Facebook data. These easily discoverable credentials gave access to the personality scores of 3.1 million users and allowed access to 22 million status updates from over 150,000 users, alongside details such as age, gender and relationship status from 4.3 million people. With this information, it would have been relatively easy to de-anonymise the data and identify individual users. Facebook suspended My Personality on the 7th of April as part of its crackdown on third-party apps following the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Dr. Stilwell told New Scientist that Cambridge Analytica approached the My Personality app team in 2013 to get access to the data, but was turned down because of its political ambitions. He also said that Facebook had been aware of the My Personality Project for a long time, even holding meetings with him and his collaborator Mikkel Kaczynski from 2011 onwards. He commented, It's therefore a little odd that Facebook should suddenly now profess itself to have been unaware of the My Personality research and to believe that the use of the data was a breach of its terms. The Information Commissioner's Office is investigating. Have you ever used, or perhaps given its reliability, I should say tried to use, Wi Fi on a train? If so, you might be interested in a recent blog post by Ken Munro of Pentest Partners about vulnerabilities in passenger networks. According to Monroe's research, a lack of segregation between passenger staff and train control networks, combined with the use of default admin credentials, means that passengers could theoretically interfere with wireless ticketing devices and potentially train systems. According to the Register, Monroe said it might be possible, and this is speculation, to lock the braking system. In another exercise, Monroe found it was possible to bridge the wireless network to the wired network and access a database server to gain access to the payment card details used by standard class customers to pay for on-train Wi-Fi. The issues can be fixed by segregating the passenger Wi-Fi network and ensuring the wireless router admin interface is inaccessible to passengers. Using strong admin credentials on wireless routers instead of weak or default ones, keeping routers physically secure and their software up to date, ensuring satellite terminals for passenger Wi-Fi networks aren't on the public internet, and securing trackside equipment and media servers. Monroe concludes, all it takes are some simple oversights and your train control and ticketing networks can be exposed. You may remember that last September the U.S. Department of Homeland Security banned the use of Kaspersky products in U.S. government departments after classified documents that a former NSA employee took home were stolen by Russian spies via Kaspersky's antivirus software and here in the UK last December the chief executive of the National Cyber Security Centre Kieran Martin warned civil servants about using Russian antivirus software in government departments Martin said as well as keeping this guidance under review we're in discussions with Kaspersky Lab by far the largest Russian player in the UK about whether we can develop a framework that we and others can independently verify which would give the government assurance about the security of their involvement in the wider UK market. In particular, we're seeking verifiable measures to prevent the transfer of UK data to the Russian state. This week Kaspersky Lab announced that as part of the transparency initiative it launched last October, it was moving its core processes from Russia to Switzerland, including customer data storage and processing for most regions, as well as software assembly including threat detection updates. According to Kaspersky, this move further demonstrates our enduring commitment to assuring the integrity and trustworthiness of Kaspersky Lab Solutions in the service of our customers, and to address any concerns outlined by regulators. SC Magazine reports that the NCSC said the move doesn't change their stance on the firm's products, but say it was a move in the right direction. Meanwhile in the Netherlands, the Justice Minister Ferdinand Grapperhaus this week issued a letter warning that using Kaspersky products represented a national security risk, and saying that the Dutch government's use of Kaspersky antivirus software would be phased out. Well, that'll do for this week. As ever, until next time, you can keep up with the latest information security news on our blog. Whatever your information security needs, whether regulatory compliance, stakeholder reassurance, or just greater business efficiency, IT Governance can help your organisation to protect, comply, and thrive. Visit our website for more information, itgovernance.co.uk.